Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Geek Vibes Live is rated G for Geek. Hello, hello, everyone. Welcome back to another fantastic episode of our Geek Vibes Live interview segment. I'm your host, Kelly Kantrowitz, and we have an exciting guest here with us today, Samantha Matt. Hey, Sam, thanks for joining us. Hey, Kelly, how are you? I am good. So, Sam, besides you being a college buddy of mine, you are the founder of the popular blog Forever 20-somethings. Um, you managed the hilarious Instagram account at 20-something problems, and now you're the author of Average is the New Awesome, which is great. I'm so proud and excited for you. Um, for the record, I would have never described you as average in college. <laughs> I'll spare our viewers <laughs> the details, but, you know, we had some good times this morning, so... <laughs> Um, so let me just give our viewers a quick little overview um, of your book, and then we'll jump right into it. So Average is the New Awesome is basically just celebrating ordinary awesomeness for all of us, you know, who were growing up and being told that we can do anything, and then, you know, reality set in, um, you know, besides 08, we had... Uh, lame love lives, crappy homes, we got passed over for jobs, and, and not really what we envisioned for adulthood. So the book is full of hilarious stories and insightful advice, um, showing us really that the beauty can be found when we acknowledge that good enough is really good enough, um, and essentially greatness is ours to define. So Sam, what sparked the idea for Average is the New Awesome? So first, that was a great description. I loved it. <laughs> Thank um, you. The the inspiration was sparked from both my website and just living life in general. I realized after I started writing, just like I started a personal blog and it turned into an online magazine. And the reason for that is because so many people related to what I was writing, even though to me it felt very personal to other people, it felt like, oh, this is exactly, you know, what I'm thinking and what I'm feeling. And so from there, I realized that so many people that I thought, you know, were doing better than me in life or had, um, you know, more money in the bank or more or like a higher career title or salary, like I realized that despite all of that, like we're all thinking the same things. Like we all a lot of the time don't feel good enough. So I wanted to write something for, for everyone, for the, the average person. Did you have a moment where you just stopped and said to yourself, you know what, I'm great the way I am and I'm okay with that? Um, I think so, yeah. I definitely, like, over the years, it's 
struggle, like, from everything from career. Like, I went to school for, for television um, at Ithaca, but I realized as I started my career that I was really interested in other things. So I had to come to terms with stopping to chase one career path that, like, I became obsessed with, like, getting a higher title and all this stuff. And I realized that I just needed to be doing what made me happy. And eventually that would lead me to a better place. And the same goes for like my social life. Like I thought I had to be doing all these like great things, but I realized, you know, it's okay to just do what makes you happy and not feel like you have to do what everyone else is doing. It's funny. I feel like I have gone through something similar and I'm sure a lot of people have told you this, but you get out and, and you're like reaching for a title or a certain salary. And there comes a point when you just realize you want to be happy um, and not dread waking up each day. Cause why are we trying to fast forward time? Um, and, and social life, I mean, getting people who are, are toxic in your world really to not be a part of it anymore, which is, is a hard thing to learn as you're growing up. Cause in, in college and early 20s, like everyone's friends were all happy. It's great. But then you grow up and you start to realize what's important. So I definitely relate to you there. Yeah. If you it's could, been um, a journey. <laughs> yes. Yes. If you could give advice um, to the average 20 something, what kind of advice would you give them? So my top advice, um, this for 20 somethings, but then for everyone in general is to not compare yourself to others. I think the comparison trap is what is guiding this huge, huge, huge problem. Um, Everything from, you know, social life and career, but just in general, we all become obsessed with what other people are doing and living up to expectations that we think society has for us. And we forget to look back on how far we've come. So like I get caught in this a lot, like, I will think, you know, after three years of doing something like, oh, I haven't, I haven't gone very far. I'm not as far as, you know, so-and-so, but I forget to look back at like where I started and where I am now. So, so, so important to always make sure that you are looking at your progress because when in the end, like you're all that matters pretty much. (laughs) Right. It's, it's true. And um, I think that, Uh, social media has really uh, played into that because people are putting up pictures and you're either seeing someone your age who's married, has kids or a great career or social life, whatever it may be to you. um, And you feel like you're inadequate or you should be doing that, or you should be putting pictures up like that. Um, But I think everyone just needs to realize it's not always like the, the picturesque version Um, that you think it is you know it is just a picture and um, you know ultimately like you said Sam you have to be happy with your own life so um, set your own goals be grateful Um, a lot of people like to use a journal and write down three things they're grateful for um, at the end of the day or three things they learned at the end of the day it really helps you look back at your accomplishments and even in small wins people forget to acknowledge small wins. They think that it's got to be this big thing, Um, but small wins are just as important as the big ones. So we need to celebrate those more too. Yeah, absolutely. One of my um, 
quotes in the book is that tiny accomplishments matter and that like you need to celebrate every little win. Um, it's such an important thing that everyone needs to remember, especially during times like these where everything can seem like, you know, life is just off right now, but there are little things to celebrate still. Yep. I completely agree with you. Um, so how did you balance writing the book with work and your social life and your Instagram account? So that is a, um, <laughs> I still <laughs> wonder this, especially like as the years go by and each year, like I get older and I'm like, how did I do that the year before? I feel like energy is just leaving me, but that's totally fine. Um, I, so I have a full-time job um, and over the years, the job has gotten like even more demanding as like responsibilities grow. So obviously like all writing, all Instagram and social media stuff has to be done outside of work. So I took a hiatus um, for running forever 20 somethings because there was really no way that I could work on the book, run the social media accounts, and then also run this online magazine on the side. So I had to make some tough decisions there. Um, so that, you know, that was that, but you prioritize and you figure it out. And so I am not a morning person. So I was not one of those people who was I remember. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I do not wake up at 6 a.m. to write or work out. I've tried it, but it just is not, it's not the best for me. So I would stay up um, really late sometimes. And then on the weekends, I had to say no to a lot of plans, but that was also okay because I had accepted that I didn't have to go out all the time and it was to not do everything. So a lot of um, long nights, a lot of hard weekends. I had a lot of like sleepless nights, to be honest, because it was my first book and I was on a deadline and I did not know how long it was going to take me to write a chapter or to, you know, do edits on the book. And the edits actually ended up being the hardest part because you're looking at something and you're like, okay, like I should just rewrite this. So it was definitely a learning process. And I think um, for future books, I learned a lot. And so I hopefully wouldn't have those sleepless nights, but um, yeah, my let my lesson was don't procrastinate, which I always do. So. Um, I yeah, I totally understand. Editing has been something I had to learn as well. Um, you know, sometimes I feel like it's hard to keep writing because you just aren't happy with a sentence or you aren't happy with the way something turned out, but you just need to keep going forward. Um, and and also editing is hard because you might be in love with a certain aspect or chapter or part of your story, but it just doesn't fit with the timeline and the overall story and it needs to be cut. And, and that's hard to do. It's hard to give up something that you're passionate about. So I totally relate with you on that. Um, what was the process like to get published? How did you even get the deal to put out Average is the New Awesome? Um, so it was, it took a few years. Um, it was, definitely something that I started to think was maybe not going to happen, but I kept at it and it did. So I started putting together um, a book 
And this was like 2013, 2014. It was very much like a memoir about me, someone who was in their like early to mid twenties. And I was just writing a lot of the stuff that I was writing for my website. And so I put together a couple chapters and then to research online um, all about how to get an, how to get a book published. And I read stuff on getting an agent. So then I found different websites where you can look up agents that are currently accepting queries and what genres that they're looking for and interested in. So I did hours and hours and hours of research on that and like putting together a spreadsheet of like all these different agents and ones that were interested in nonfiction, especially um, the ones I saw that were interested in blog to book, because I thought that even though I did not have like a significant following, I had a very much like for, for a blog, for someone on social media, like an average following. (laughs) So I thought that they might, um, they might be interested. So that process took about almost like three years because I did not write the full book. And my agent, who's currently my agent now, she was the first um, one who replied and was interested in the full manuscript. And I realized that I had to write the entire book. So then I went back and I wrote an entire book. And that took me about like a year and a half, two years. And so after that, I sent her the book as well as like 60 something other agents because I was just trying to like get out there. I got some interest. Ultimately, the one who was most interested was the one who was interested when I originally emailed her two years prior. Her assistant actually picked up the manuscript um, and read it and told my agent that she like had to read it. And she did, and she loved it. And she called me and said, you know, I I love your writing. And she didn't essentially want to pick up what I had done because it was a memoir about, like, an average person. And no one really – there's no reason that people would want to pick up a memoir about, like, an average person. So we turned it into, like, a self-help humor book for average people. And it took about a year to put that proposal together because I had to start again with writing new sample chapters. And then we took that. We eventually found um, my fantastic editor and publisher that bought the book. And then the editor who bought it, she wanted to turn it into something slightly different again. So um, we, we did that. I originally sold it as help me. I'm average and it became average is the new awesome. And Um, It took like a year and a half um, for it to get published after signing on there. So it went pretty quickly, Um, but a long process. Yes, I'm sure it was. And so when you (laughs) sent your manuscript into, um, you know, all the different agents, did you hear back from a lot? Did you get rejection notices? Did you never hear from them? What was that process like? So I tracked everything um, in an Excel doc because I I realized, well, at first I was like, oh, I'll just, you know, send it out to my, the one who was interested and maybe like five others. And after a couple of weeks, I didn't hear any responses. So I started emailing more. And so once I had like, you know, 25, 30 that I had reached out to, I started getting responses, but like, Some of them came in a month later. Some of them came in 
um, three months. Some of them like had automatic things where they get back to you like six months later. Um, there were a couple, I mean, I think like maybe 15 or 16 that were interested in seeing more material um, that consisted of some of them wanted to see like the first 25 pages, first three chapters, or um, I think I got a request for a full manuscript from like four of them maybe, but ultimately they, they all turned it down for their own reasons. Um, it wasn't that many people out of like the 60 something that I, I sent it to, but it was enough of a response that I was like collecting all of this insight from people that was so drastically different. And some people were like, oh, you know, this isn't going to sell. Some people were like, oh, I think this is totally going to sell, but it's not the right project for me. Um, everyone just had very different views on it. Right. And no surprise there. I mean, everyone is going to respond differently to books, movies, anything that's a, a creative piece of work. Um, so everything's subjective, right? Um, mm -hmm. What made you decide to, I know like self-publishing has become really popular nowadays. What made you decide that you wanted to find an agent and get this published through traditional means versus, you know, just self-publishing on Amazon or something like that? So I, the reason I actually started writing something, and this goes back to like when I, I went to school for TV and I like really wanted to be a TV writer. So I was just like, I think I was like 25 and I was working on a, a pilot script for a TV show, which I like still have saved away in documents somewhere. <laughs> um, and someone who wrote for my site, she had actually just published her first book with one of the, um, with like a big publisher and her agent was interested in talking to me about signing me on to, you know, write a book or do something. And so I ended up having a conversation with her and then talking to the writer um, that wrote for, for my site and for the book that she wrote. So I realized like, this is something that I'm interested in instead of the TV thing. And after talking to the agent, I realized like, I want to go in that direction by the time I was ready, that person I had talked to was no longer a literary agent. So that was out the window. But getting the response from my current agent that she was interested in the full manuscript, that really made me like realize I had something, whether it was the book I currently had or just like my, my writing style. And I was really determined to, to get an agent. But I did have periods after I finally put together the full manuscript and hadn't heard back from agents that were, you know, ready to sign me that, you know, should I self-publish? Should I just like give up on this? But I, I didn't, thank God. And here I am. <laughs> yeah. I'm glad you didn't give up either. And I mean, I, you know, I'm a huge Harry Potter fan. Mm -hmm. So I always think about JK Rowling and where she was in her life and all the rejections she got and then what Harry Potter has turned into today. So um, I always try to remind myself that because as a writer, we're, we're very judgmental of ourselves and it's really easy to get into your own head and be negative. So, so just reminding yourself of the positive things out there and the people who, 
have failed or reached roadblocks that did eventually make it through, I've found has, has been really helpful. So I'm glad you kept pursuing it because now here you are. Yes. And like, even though I am where I am, it's still, you know, it's not like a bestseller. So I'm in a position where like, okay, you know, this is like an average thing. Like, what can I do next? Like, will I be able to do something next and you still second guess yourself but like you have to keep going and that's just like a creative um person issue I guess <laughs> yeah I think all creatives go through that yeah um, come to the territory and funny you mentioned I was just going to ask you what's next for you do you have an idea of what you want to do yeah so I am um I'm working on a few ideas right now um I have a couple nonfiction ideas um, that I'm waiting to talk to my agent about. And it's like funny story because I have been like putting these ideas together and throwing them out to like a couple friends here and there. And it's so funny to like see people's responses. Cause if they go, you know, Oh, I like it. Like, I'm like, well, why do you just like it? So um, I'm trying to figure out like, what is really going to strike with people here. And then I also really want to write fiction. Um, But that is, as you know, like a whole other thing. So I am trying to focus. Gotcha. Gotcha. Perfect. Well, that's exciting. Um, If you could work on any projects, whether it's a book or script, fiction or nonfiction with an author or someone you write or you look up to, who would it be? Um, Mindy Kaling, 100%. <laughs> I, I love Good her. Choice. I think she's, she's amazing for both the books that she's written and then the TV shows she's done. So she's, she's a huge inspiration for me. Well, and, and when I think about it now, you two have very similar personalities. So I think that would be a really good pair up. I know. That's like... <laughs> That's my dream. We're gonna have to I'm start just the girl trying to cheat at her. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Everyone. <laughs> um, so great. It was fantastic speaking with you, Sam. I'm I'm so happy for all your success. Um, is there anything you wanna talk about or say to our viewers before I let you off the hook? Um no, I think we, we covered everything. Um Average and New Awesome is available online not many bookstores well no bookstores are open pretty much but um you can get it at most retailers online and then at um, indie bookstores where they're selling them online that's that's a great place to buy books right now so you're keeping them um in business yeah Definitely support local businesses right now. Um, And yes, everyone, if you haven't picked up a copy or downloaded or ordered it through the internet, um, it's a must-have. So go get your copy. Um, And thank thank you, you everyone, for listening. Um, Thanks, Sam, for joining us. It's been a pleasure. Thank you for having me. Um, This was fantastic. Yeah. It was for me, too. Um, So, again, this is your host, Kelly. Thank you so much for tuning in. And don't forget to give me a shout-out on Twitter at Kate Cantrell.
Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill.